Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the Broadway scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders keeping theater alive during the pandemic. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to two of the creators behind the upcoming digital production of Paula Vogel's Baltimore Waltz. The show, starring Mary Louise Parker and Eric McCormick, is part of the Starry Spotlight on Plays series, which has featured Keanu Reeves, Constance Wu, Felicia Rashad, Brian Cranston, and many more in digital readings that benefit the Actors Fund. Baltimore Waltz is directed by Liliana Blaine Cruz, the director of off-Broadway shows like Maris Seacole, Fifu and Her Friends, and The Death of the Last Black Man in the Whole Entire World. And among the production team for Spotlight on Plays is Jim Glaub, who juggles all the details of producing during a pandemic. Both he and Blaine Cruz are in the virtual studio with me to tell us why making these digital productions of plays is kind of like shooting Star Wars. Hey, Liliana and Jim, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Liliana, before we start, I wonder if we could just talk uh, or introduce the conversation just by telling us a little bit about the play for people who don't know it and why you think it might resonate today, particularly in the format that it's being presented uh, that you're doing it in. Yeah. You know, um, Paula Vogel's play, The Baltimore Waltz, is one of those remarkable plays that you've heard about a lot, but you've never gotten a chance to like see or hear. Um, and so it was kind of amazing that um, this, we kind of got a chance to, to play with it. The, the play is basically about um, Carl and Anna um, who get a diagnosis. And in the process of getting that diagnosis, we take this kind of kaleidoscopic journey with them, um, both in, in dealing with that and um, and kind of coming to a kind of devastating conclusion at the end of their um, adventures. And in the midst of that, their encounter with the third man who is played by the wonderful Brandon Burton, mm-hmm. Anna being played by the amazing Mary Louise Parker and Carl being played by the incredible Eric McCormack, we kind of get to experience this like tremendous journey through what it means to be alive in the midst of illness, in the midst of a country that, you know, doesn't recognize, you know, hasn't recognized um, the devastation of that and then mm-hmm. thinking about that in relationship to what we've been through with covid which is something that paula and i talked a lot about you know the the beginning like inability to like recognize the enormity um mm-hmm. and danger of that and and what does it mean to lose close ones the people that are nearest and dearest to you like so quickly and mm-hmm. unexpectedly um so those were all of the 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 things that were resonating, um, and which made me really excited to share this particular journey right now. And they are siblings, the two main characters of the play. Yes, yes, yeah, they are right. siblings. They are right. siblings. Thank you. Yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> Basically, I'm uh, like, I'm in the thrust of it. I'm in the thrust of it. I'm all, all over the place. <laughs> um, you've already answered my next question a little bit already, but which was, uh, did you get to work with Paula Vogel at all during this process? And uh, what has that been like for you? Have you ever worked with, done anything with her work before? No, it's funny. We've been trying to find ways to work with each other in the past and our schedules just never kind of um, aligned. So it was really beautiful that we finally got a chance to play. Um, Paula Vogel is amazing. First Mm. of all, like she is one of those people that kind of comes into a room and you're like, oh, 
wow, I just took a spiritual journey in five minutes. How did you do that? Um, so she's, she's also like, really little. And you're like, yeah. oh, but she's so big. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Her spirit is like tremendous. So mm -hmm. it was a pleasure. She, We just, we just spoke a lot. Um, and she, I think, is very generous in all of her processes. She's just kind of like, let this be whatever it needs to be in this particular moment, considering for such a personal play, you know, um, like dedicated to her brother, Carl, like I think she she's just like the prime example of generosity in a, in a collaborator. Yeah. 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 And Jim, you've been working on uh, these shows for these Spotlight on Plays shows uh, sort of for a while now, for I guess a year now. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit uh, about the series and sort of how many you've done and, you know, some of the highlights and how much you these are all fundraisers for the Actors Fund. Tell us a little bit about how much you've raised and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it, Spotlight on Plays was an idea born out of uh, the the brilliant mind of Jeffrey Richards uh, and Jacob Porter. We were, it was a couple of weeks after the uh, sort of shutdown happened, and Jeff, being a prolific producer, was just like, "We need to do something." You know, what if we did some play readings? And it's funny because like I was sort of doing these type of things anyway just because I've been working in digital for the theater for 20 years. So it was like this this sort of new format of digital theater was something that I was kind of already familiar with. And and yeah, he called his, it was amazing. He was like, okay, great. Well, let's just do, let's just do, let's just do one. It was like, okay. So we did uh, November with uh, Patti Lapone, John Malkovich, no big deal. Remember, yeah. it was, it was incredible. And, and like, I remember Patti was like, running around her house, like getting props. Like she like made, she made like necklaces. She like put on little hats and like, it was just, it was just magical. And I remember I was editing, like we didn't know this format. It was sort of a new, this digital theater is sort of new. So I was, I remember editing it all crazy. And then, it, it, and we did it, it went really well. And then we sort of did another one with like, <laughs> like, and then we did another. And then like now by the end of this season, we'll have, 17 will have done 17 plays with <laughs> with spotlight on plays um last last uh season raised uh close to nearly two hundred thousand dollars for the actor fund and and already we are at that amount with just the last two shows that we've done so okay. we're so excited that it's it's been um, an amazing experience, but also a really great opportunity to give back to the community. It's been really quite lovely. And the best part is to be able to work with the amazing people like Liliana. And it's just such a joy to see, see how you, Liliana, have taken this play and turned it into this format. I think people, people don't realize how hard it is. <laughs> I, that's actually the, literally my next question on the on my sheet is, you know, we've all at this point, we've all seen a lot of these Zoom readings and there is a real sense of Zoom yeah. fatigue, not just from watching readings, but we all live our lives on Zoom now, too. And so I wanted to talk to both of you, actually. Let's start with you, Liliana, just about how you think about making something that really feels alive in a way that... Uh, you know, we all have, I feel like we have more walls up now about things, you know, sort of feel, we can feel very distanced now. Um, what, how did you think about that? And how did you approach that? Well, it's funny, Paula's thing, like, it's like, please remember that it has to be a piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> like, let us make 
like a piece of art. And that's not to say that other uh, the, that everybody else isn't considering that, but in sure. some ways it's like, it's thinking about the form and what we're mm. kind of up against, right? And like you just mentioned it, we're, we're inside of boxes all day, boxes on top of boxes on top of boxes. And so mm. when you're thinking about how to kind of break open um, that, that fatigue, it's in some ways about thinking about new visual interest. And that's where like mm -hmm. working with the brilliance of someone like Jim is like, you'll be like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And Jim's like, yeah, yeah, great. I could do that. And you're like, he's like, what about, what if we sprinkle a little bit of this on and we sprinkle a little bit of that? And I'm like, yes. Oh, thank God you can do that. Wow, this is magical, whatever you want. You know? <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want, <laughs> which is amazing as a as a director, you know, to kind of enter into a different medium and and you know thinking about like the translation or the hybrid of like theater and like being on screen. Like I do think this play in particular is amazing for the voice. You know what I mean? She mm -hmm. has literally written three characters speaking to each other, inspired, you know. Um, in relationship to the movie The Third Man, so there's a there's a wonderful kind of stylistic, you know, um, nebulousness in the membranes that I think mm -hmm. is working well um, in this format. But it is hard. Also, like, how do you stay human beings inside your own individual box and talk to each other as mm -hmm. characters and move through scenes and also read at the same time? <laughs> so a lot of props to the to the actors. Yeah, and how do you? I yeah. mean, that's really like how <laughs> how have you found that your process working with actors in this format? Like how, what is that process now? I imagine it must be very different from what it is when they're, than when you're standing right in front of them. I mean, I think everybody is so um, open and generous. I will say about being on screen and I'm curious to hear what you say, Jim, there is a kind of de democratic feeling is like the person who is speaking is speaking and everybody will listen politely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then the next person will speak and there's a kind of consideration, which I think is really mm -hmm. lovely. Um, but I, I think there's also just a lot of love for, for the play and excitement of gathering, you know? And so that allows for um, for some room for play. I'm gonna let Jim talk about the technical adventures of getting people together. <laughs> Wait, I love, I love what we're here for. I yeah. actually think you're so right. The, dem the Democrat, it, it, is, it is so equal. Like I, we've all been in a room with like super celebrities. They have like a glow. Like they're just like floating above us mere mortals. And it is so fascinating that that is like completely taken off the table and we are just humans in these boxes, right? Yeah. And it is, and we're just trying to figure it out having been through terrible trauma of what this last year gave us and trying to figure out learning about new technology and learning about new systems to be able to work in this world where we can still do theater. That's what we all do. And so what's been really hard, I think, about this whole thing and the thing that I think people don't understand is that there's a lot of tech aspect that goes behind this. That You know, it's not just like they're doing it Zoom. And, no, and with all due respect to the people who just read plays on Zoom, that's not how we do it. It's very much a mix of film and theater. And while we like to keep the integrity of the show and the words, that's key and most, impor most important playwright, 
in their words. Second is the performance of the actors. And then third is the director's vision. <laughs> I love that you put it that way. I would never, ever. I'd say it's all completely equal. But it's all good. It's always good to know how people organize their processes. I'm just kidding. I do think that there's this, um, you know, there's the, the, the tech aspect is really hard because, like, you know, a lot of these, so many people have not really embraced you know, how to film with their computers or their phones. And we do ours with phone backups. Uh, so we wor uh, work with my amazing team, Jacob Porter, Rebecca Prowler. Uh, they are so fantastic about making sure that like their phones are set up and they're they're looking at Zoom. Uh, Zoom is treated like a rehearsal room, if you will. And the camera is the audience. And, and then there's all the other things to think about, like lighting and the connection of the Wi-Fi, and if their script is big enough for them to see, is their eyeline close to the uh, close to the camera? Uh, is there audio? Well, you deal with this, Gordon. Like audio yeah, drama. Like yeah. there's I always mean, audio drama. Yeah, New York, a lot of these people live in New York City. Man, it is loud. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's just a lot of factors that have uh, been honed and perfected over the last year that I. Uh, kind of can't believe this is a skill that I that that I have, and these celeb these celebs and amazing actors have as well now too. Right, like... and and so just on a technical level, they're sitting in front of a computer, and there's a phone next to it as a backup. Is that what's happening? And is... yeah, exactly. It, it, okay. So the phone is really the camera. Like the phone. The is phone the... is the camera. Okay. Well, these these computer webcams they weren't designed yeah. to do this right. stuff. Like they right. were designed to do basic webcam stuff which most people don't even do like right. before the pandemic how many times did you use your webcam gordon like really i never i actually think never yeah truly this um, is most most of the case and i think that, that it's fascinating to think about how technology will change in yeah. the next you know year to five years and how the webcam on the camera will now be the like greatest tool It'll be like your camera can move with you <laughs> it can do tricks in my virtual it can make your skin look amazing <laughs> but not right now it's pretty basic yeah and um, what are some of the things that you can do visually in this forum that Liliana was talking about that excited her that I don't know if you can tell us what's happening with Baltimore Waltz, but that you've done, you can maybe give us an example of some of the stuff you've done in previous productions. Oh, I'm so excited. And Liliana, let's talk about Baltimore Waltz visual because I think I'm so thrilled about this because like she, it's interesting when we, the best thing to do is to have this conversation with the director and almost everyone is like, I just don't want Zoom boxes. And I was like, and, and yes, you are, I don't either. <laughs> we want to make this feel like um, that you can get that connection. And so a lot of the times people will just say, well, we'll just work with them visually to say, well, what is best for the show? What's best yeah. for the, the words and what's best for the actors? And and Lillian, when, we, when you first came, you're like, I've got it. And it was like, oh, let's do it. And, and what is it? Can you tell us what the, what the sort of visual concept is? Yeah, you want me to do it? I was so yeah, excited by Jim. I, I was like, it. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> I love it so much. I think, you know, one of the things one in the play that describes that um, Anna, Carl, and the third man stand in three circles of light, you know? And so I think that was immediately where I was um, excited. I was drawn to 
Like if we're going to live in this kind of existential uh, void <laughs> that's true inside of the play, then let's put the characters and the actors inside this existential void intentionally, right? So we 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 created kind of like little spotlight circles. Mm -hmm. Well, Jim and his team created these um, beautiful like spotlight circles over them, and. Um, not to give too much away, but we we played with color um, in relationship to it, kind of pulling from the the black and white aesthetic of the third um, man, and and then Jim and his team had this amazing idea of adding a kind of like filmy grain quality to it, which I was really excited about. And then we're playing with music and text and titles and you know just kind of enjoying the like finding a way to be theatricality visually, um, theatrical visually. I'll have more with Liliana and Jim right after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a and now, here's more with director Liliana Blaine-Cruz and producer Jim Glaub. What are some of the specifics of the rehearsal and performance process? Do you, how long is rehearsal? How many times do you record performances do you do them multiple times like how to what's the what's the process like in terms of like how much time you have it takes and where the final what we find end up seeing we as audiences end up seeing like where that comes from which performances that comes from yeah i mean i can speak from my process mm -hmm. and then jim I'll, I'll maybe pass it on to you um Paula and I have been talking about working on this for a while, and then we went through the you know casting process, and we had the conversations with Jeffrey and his team. When we finally got together, we had three days. Was it three days, mm -hmm. Jim? Three days. Three days. Three days. That's right. You so are. it's like this joyous collision of panic and excitement. Right. Uh, the first day, we 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 came together. We we spoke. We read the play. We had the, that kind of like joyous ensemble connection. The next day that we met. We went through the trials and tribulations of setting up those cameras and the scripts and all of that. And that's where the panic comes in. And that's where it's like, is this, can we do this? And, and miraculously, Jim with his optimism is like, yes, yes, you can, you, you can do it. It is possible. Don't worry, it's gonna happen. And, and me, well, I'm like, cancel it all, cancel it all. We're gonna record it on webcam. It's like, no, 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 it will happen in his, in his wise ways. And it did, it miraculously happened. Somehow we were able to, to get the framing right, to make sure that the lighting looks good. And then the actors amazingly and generously um, read through the scene. Mm. Technically, they're brilliant because they have to do, they had to, um, they have to capture up to a certain um, point, right? So that the, the scenes aren't so long to kind of like upload. Um, and so they, be, they became this like amazing little ritual where they do three scenes because this play also has a tremendous amount of scenes right. um, in the most best, amazing, exciting way. Don't don't be alarmed. <laughs> like every every three scenes, you know, they're like slating, which is insane. And then they're like back in the in the in the scene together. So that was like mm. the first day of like working through that, exploring, giving notes, working. And then the, the, the final day is kind of like the most serious um, recording day of like you know, really kind of 
as much as we can be in a reading layered performances of which they all are so amazing. Um, and then, uh, uh, and then, and then Jim goes away and continues to make extraordinary magic. Jim, take it away. Well, that's oh, really hyper, guys. I don't know what it that is was, right now. I'm like, that was pretty incredible. <laughs> that's, that's pretty incredible. And I do have to, I do have to affirm that it is, um, it is a really crazy three days um, to try to keep within uh, the equity and theater authority rules for this because it is a benefit, and, and we don't want to take up too much time because we we've done it before where it's like, you know, like. Uh, we did a, a another one with Patty where she was like, I just want to rehearse all the time. It's like my favorite thing to do with Patty LaPone. It's like, okay, great. Yeah, we could do that. But we also have to get this done. So it's like, um, so the, then what happens is kind of like the, the, it's like, here's all of these individual clips. And there are some plays, we did a play, we did Best Man, which I believe had 18 characters. So Gordon, that's 18 cameras. That's Star Wars. <laughs> people don't understand, like, to have an 18 camera shoot, like, that's Star Wars. Like, so people, they, everyone's like, oh, it's just a Zoom thing. It's like, no, 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 there's like multi-source. Everyone's, everyone's audios, everyone's camera angles, everyone's cuts back and forth. The timelines on the premiere are so large, they have to be color-coded and painstakingly organized. Like, we have, on uh we just did a, another one where there was uh a there was eight of eight people and then that needs to be terribly organized but then the more people that you have the more organized it needs to get so we love baltimore Watts. it's fabulous <laughs> three fabulous people and, we, and the response and, and so like you know we 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 get it together we edit it together we work with liliana make sure like is is her vision and it's collectively something that she wants and that and then to be honest it's it's done you know a few days before because like there's a lot of finesse make it feel more like cinematic and then it's released and i have to say it's only they're only up for four days so it's very special and very limited and they do go away and they literally cannot be seen ever again and what's fabulous the people love it they I, i'm shocked because like you would think like oh i'm not into zoom theater but the way that um, the way that I think the teams have come together for this, and the idea that this is not just like well, you're seeing people on Zoom, that it's it's about the words, it's about their performance, and it's a celebration of these playwrights and these directors. Which this season we have seven playwrights, um, and they are they're all female, and we have done an amazing. Uh, trying to connect them with amazing female directors. It's just been it's just been really. It's just really great. We're, I'm really, really happy with it. And um, the tech is still, I lay up at night thinking about it though, because it's very, it's challenging. It's very challenging. I, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now that you both have this kind of experience doing things like this, how do you, and of course wa like watching things like this, how do you imagine once theater gets back up and running and, and we can all be in the same room again, how do you imagine things like this production of Baltimore Waltz or something like it, uh, or the kind of digital form of presentation coexisting with live experiences? Do they, can they feed each other in some ways? And how do you think about that? I think that, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure I can assume Liliana that you really 
want to get back to live theater, as do I. I miss it so much. And I've always created the digital videos and content around the theater. So it's not like, but I think what's going to happen is that the, the thing that's really interesting for me is that we're working on a bunch of pre-Broadway and pre-theater things in this format. And you're able to get all of these actors from all over the world to do a reading of a, you wouldn't be able to do that. You wouldn't be able to do it before. And if it's just to hear the words to like see, what's great is that as a director, I would assume you can, we've, where you can start to edit things and you're like, oh, we don't need that section. I can take that. So in some ways it could be a really great form to develop new work. Mm -hmm. But what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the 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 other, you know, in the spirit of democratization and accessibility, it's like you're saying, Jim, like the ability for unexpected um, collaborations and explorations that ordinarily wouldn't be able to happen in real real time, quote unquote, um, is is suddenly available. And so I think one of the things that's exciting, or one of the things that I wonder how it will continue to become more sophisticated is like, we've already started to do like live in Lincoln Center or, you know what I mean? Like Broadway HD, like there's already been a, a question of how to make theater more accessible to more people where places that they don't have it, where they can't see it, you know? And so I think like, I'm excited to guess, get back into the theater and make amazing things, but also, Guys, I have a real desire to make theater cool again for people who don't get to see theater and have this idea that theater is this weird, strange little thing that, you know, New Yorkers do like, <laughs> you know, in like this random little place. And and it's not true, actually. It's amazing and, and inspiring and has actually like infiltrated so many of, you know, we all know all the playwrights and writers and actors who who kind of operated between both worlds. And so I'm kind of excited for, theatrical performance to to find new audiences in, in different ways. Yeah. yeah. And if the whole thing, oh, to your point, if the whole thing can give access to new directors and new playwrights and, you know, new stories, and if it's a whole new vertical for that, where people can like check out who else is doing stuff, because it's expensive producing theater, right? But yeah. this is not as expensive. It's there's it's time, right? It's a lot of work. Yeah. But like if people could do this and like big, you know, producers that are established or the people who already have a seat at the table can look to this to say, wow, look, there's some new work. There's some new talent. There's some new, that's, that's amazing. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jim, you sort of alluded to this, but I feel like you probably have some stories that uh, you would like to share with uh, all of us is uh, I feel like I, we all have different levels of tech literacy, right? And uh, like, I, I, I like I would need a fair amount of help setting up my phone to be my camera. And I feel like you've worked with Ken Reeves, you've worked with Morgan Freeman, you know, for, for, they're big start, Brian Cranston, Sally Field, all those folks. Um, how... What, what could give me some memorable details about uh, getting people sort of up to speed or who was really good at it? Like who who's uh, who's who really knows their computer stuff and can really can really do it. This is well, first of all, I want to say that it is not an it is not a generational divide. I think it's mm -hmm. like some people mm -hmm. are just technophobes and some people are technophiles. Right. I yeah. think that there's like this. Everyone's like, oh, well, if they're old, they, they're not. It's not true. We've worked with a ton of amazing people. Uh, who are older and nail it right away. But like, mm. I just love the like, the in, there's just this 
truly just a sense of inconvenience of it all. Like there, <laughs> and it's like, it, that just offers a comedy of errors. Like mm -hmm. there's, so like, for example, one of my favorite stories is like, A, working with Sally Field was like the greatest experience. She's so kind, she's so lovely, but she's also got a mouth on her. Like she is, she is a, like, <laughs> us is like a sailor. It is pretty fantastic. So, <laughs> Anyway, there's this, one of the things that happens is that we need consistent audio because like, if there's a weird audio in the background, well, you know, this running a podcast, it just really ruins every, it takes you out and like, it's just a thing. So Sally live, <laughs> lives in uh, Los Angeles, beautiful, like palm trees out in her yard, like, da -da. and she's got like all these tropical birds out of, <laughs> out of her window. And she's, and I'm just like, every five minutes, I was like, Sa Sally, we can we can hear your birds, and she's like, I, the, the windows are closed. I don't. What do you want me to do? And like later, later, I'd be like, Sally, I'm so sorry, but the birds are going at it again. Like, she said the best line, and if you're a Steel Magnolias fan, you'll like know that like she says this line. She's like, well, what do you want me to do? Get my goddamn gun and shoot him? <laughs> amazing, amazing stories. So just really, really, really quick story, just because I think you guys will think this is really interesting, is that like, so um, weather actually can affect your Wi-Fi and like if it's a really bad, bad weather, like it sort of goes down or a, hail, a hailstorm, which you're like, yeah, that I guess that makes sense. But um, there have been multiple hurricanes during these processes. And I remember we had, a, there was a big hurricane for like, that hit New, New Orleans, down New Orleans, and that's where Morgan Freeman lives. And he was like, we had to re completely reschedule his stuff to a later time so that he could pick up with the rest of the show. So I had to send Heidi Schreck a, a battery once, like I jumped in an Uber and like hightailed it while my laptop is here, like watching the show to get her a battery because it was about to die and we were about to finish the scene. Oh my had God. cameras all over, we've had lots of toilet flushings on accident <laughs> I mean, everything that you can imagine i it has ha it has happened yeah. so it's uh it's been it's been quite a quite a ex quite an excursion for sure yeah. can't wait to write a book about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and what's next for each of you liliana what have you got coming up uh after baltimore waltz um, I'm literally in the last stages of editing um, with a wonderful group at um, Houston Grand Opera, Hansel and Gretel, which will premiere in May. Um, that's coming up soon. And, and then a million projects when the world returns. Yeah. Uh, Dreaming Senzile, a new opera with Esperanza Spalding and Wayne Shorter. Oh, wow. um, the new show at Lincoln Center. So a mm -hmm. bunch of stuff, a bunch of exciting things. Good, yeah. good. Do you know yet when like when something at Lincoln Center might actually happen. I guess it's too soon even to, too soon, to think about too those soon, things. Yeah, but yeah. soon, but, but soon, like too soon, but not too soon. Sooner than it was before. So yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to see your work, Liliana. I am so impressed by you. You have such an, a positive and optimistic spirit and your vision is just truly, truly incredible. I, I'm just so... I'm so honored to work with you on this tiny project, but it is just meant a lot because so, you're pretty, oh, pretty fantastic. So, uh, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> she's a genius. If, yeah. if you're listening, follow her work. Like, it, she's going to be the next big thing. I, I, I truly believe it. So, 
Um, and then obviously Spotlight on Plays continues. We've yeah. got um, Baltimore Waltz is the next one. And then we've got Watch on the Rhine, uh, directed by Sarna Lapine, uh, a Lillian Hellman uh, play from the 40s that feels very timely in a lot of ways. And Ellen Burstyn is amazing in that. And uh, it's going to be, that one's going to be a really great one. Um, and then after that, we've got the incredible The Sisters Rosenzweig with Katherine Hahn. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I'm really excited. She is hot, hot, hot right now. Like she's so good. She's just a, a gem. She's a gem. So we're excited about that. And then uh, we have the Ohio State Murders with Audrey McDonald, right. and, I, and I am just beside myself on that one. And then we wrap up the series with Dear Elizabeth with uh, just a couple of, I don't know if you've heard of them, they're kind of up-and-comers, uh, Kevin Klein and Meryl Streep. Hmm. Uh, they're they're going to be, you'll hear them, you'll hear about them later. Yeah, great. great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we look forward to seeing that. And uh, I can't wait to see Baltimore Waltz, uh, which is uh, just coming out. When this releases, it'll be just a few days later that it uh, that it hits. And it's only available for, it's about, it's four days, right, Jim? That's four days, okay. yeah. So, yeah. Two days to see it. Go now. Yeah, okay. It's at broadwaysbestshows.com. Yeah. Thank you both so much for talking to me. It was great talking to you. Thank you. You too. You're great. Thank you so much. was Liliana Blaine Cruz and Jim Glaub, two of the creators of the digital production of Baltimore Waltz, streaming April 29th through May 3rd through broadwaysbestshows.com. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about Stagecraft. You can find past episodes or subscribe on all the pod places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.